with my little postpartum bundle of joy and we'll just see uh, who shows up for this today. I'm really, really, really excited. Om namo gurudevnamo. Please let me speak this clearly. I'm really, really excited to share this with you because um, when I first got off of Instagram, I was just, I got off of Instagram because I was mad at it. I couldn't believe that they called two guys sucking each other's dicks art and birth lewd content and breastfeeding lewd content. I was like, I just can't do this. I don't agree with this whatsoever. But it definitely felt a little bit like I was going into like majorly unknown territory, that maybe I was doing something crazy. And now like all, everything's just really falling into place perfectly. Um, so I'll give you a little backstory about me and my rebellious uh, history with social media. In 2015, when I was working with my first business coach, she told me that I wouldn't be able to run a successful business without Facebook. And at that, you know, that was in 2015 and I felt like Facebook was just completely over. And so the second she told me that I deleted my Facebook and I was like, no, whatever, because I know, and this is the first, we're going to go over quite a few like truths today about you sharing your creative gifts with the world and what are the rules about how that needs to be executed. So I would definitely get a pen and a paper. Um, but one of the rules that I remembered at that time was like, well, what did people do before? So what did spiritual teachers do before? Hello. Yeah, Facebook's been over for ages. Um, what did people do before social media? In your industry, what did people do before? And for a lot of coaches and stuff like that, it can be really hard for them to imagine a world where you didn't generate a business by posting, you know, what it is that you're learning and what it is that you're teaching and having people meet you through that. Um, yeah, and that was in 2015 that I said Facebook was over. I was like, this is, so now it's like a fucking fossil to me. I couldn't imagine using that for business. Um, so what did teachers do before? And in your industry, what did people do before there was social media? So what teachers did before is they had radio shows, they got press, which was something that I really forgot about in this like viral age. Um, I forgot about the gift of press. I forgot about how to manifest press and, and all of that. Um, they wrote books, which is something that I did this year. They got on the radio, they did tours. So it's very, the first truth that I want you to know is like whatever it is that your creative gifts are and however it is that you want to share them, not how it is that you're oversharing them and certainly not what is your comfort zone because, you know, being a spiritual teacher, it's going to push you way, way, way outside of your comfort zone. Actually being an entrepreneur or doing anything that's related to sharing your creative gifts with the world is going to push you further and further out of your comfort zone and that's where success actually begins. So, so Ellie says podcast. Great. Okay, podcast was also something that I worked on this year and um, a great way of getting your stuff out there. So there's it, your business follows your desires. So if you've been over Instagram, the universe is not going to make you stay on Instagram. Now, it might feel that way when you're taking a leap of faith because every time we're manifesting literally anything, we have to power through all our doubts that we have about our ability to make a life that we prefer, our, our ability to put down the things that we're no longer feeling and pick up the things that we really are feeling. 
So in the beginning, it's always going to feel like a leap of faith, but I want you to just remember this truth is that like, if it makes you happy, it'll also make you money. And the universe is not this idea that we live in the type of universe that says, okay, I know that you're over this relationship with this guy, but you have to stay anyway, because this is where you're learning. And I know that you're over social media, but you have to stay anyway, because life is suffering like this. We don't live in a universe that works like this. And my life is, is proof of that. So from the beginning of my career, um, I've always been kind of bucking the standards that people say you have to have in order to have a successful business. Um, I've been told everything from experts like, you know, the only way that you're going to be able to make as much money as you want to would be to like not spend any more time with your kids and delegate all of that. I've been told that I have to have Instagram, that I have to have by all kinds of experts, you know, people that have created big job titles for themselves around like helping people all do the same thing on, uh, on these social media platforms. Um, so while this definitely felt very new to me this year, it wasn't the first time that I had done this because Facebook was a big part of my business when I first started. So something else that I want you to know is that you don't, if you're trepidatious about getting off of Instagram completely and you're like, I don't know, it feels really scary. You don't have to put yourself in these dire straits. If the majority of your Instagram, if your the majority of your money is being generated from Instagram and you have quite a following there and you have basically no following anywhere else, like you don't have to put yourself in this predicament of it being like a big shock for you. What you can do is you can go dust off six months worth of all of your posts, six months worth of all of your posts, put them in an automation and have your Instagram run automatically. That's not you deleting it. It doesn't feel as scary. You'll find that you're still generating customers. You'll probably be generating a lot more sales because you'll be selling more frequently than you were before. It doesn't have to be this big, scary thing. So if you look at my Instagram, you'll see that it's all automated. And when I come back on Instagram, I'm like, I'm here to get money. I'm here to do promo. I'm on and I'm off. And I can't tell you that like choosing to leave Instagram has been one of the best moves that I've ever made, not just to be ahead of the curve and like well practiced, you know, there's a lot of people who due to Instagram's new terms and conditions are thinking for the first time about uprooting their business. And you really have to know that one of the main ways that you stay in a limiting situation is because it's convenient for you. It's comfortable for you. You don't feel like shaking it up, but dude, like you would not be caught like being being on an outdated social media platform is so lame. Like, do you want to be the trailblazer that's like sitting in a Facebook group with a bunch of like people's moms, you know, like, is that your target audience? You don't want to be in outdated looks. You don't want to be wearing outdated fashion. And it's so important, you know, to be ahead of the curve with things like this. And luckily for me, I've spent this whole year experimenting with ways to take my business off of Instagram. And I found the plan that really works well for me and my business. And my intention with this call is to help you find a plan that's the perfect fit for you and your business. So the first truth that we went over is that the universe, your business follows your desire. If you're over it, we don't live in a universe that'll make you stay and hack away at this business that you've been over for a long time. The second pointer that I gave you is that if you're feeling nervous, like you're going to lose a lot of sales, automate it automate it and just see what your life feels like for a little bit without you constantly doing short order work. It's just like smoking cigarettes. Like you don't realize, like when you're smoking cigarettes, 
you're like, whatever, this isn't a big deal. And the price for cigarettes slowly goes up. It was like $14 for a pack of Camel Lights when I left New York. And um, I didn't realize how much time smoking took up until I quit smoking. I didn't realize how big of a role it played in my life. Oh my God, I'm almost out of cigarettes. Can I bum you a cigarette? Am I gonna have to bum a cigarette from somebody else? If I go to this thing, do they have a smoking patio in the back? Am I gonna have to go and stand out front? I wanna wear this outfit, but if I'm leaving to go outside in the snow every you know, 30 minutes to smoke a cigarette, am I gonna be warm enough? There was like this whole world of stress and drama that I was not accounting for when I thought about how much time and how much money cigarettes took up out of my life. And, you know, when you get honest with yourself in a way that doesn't feel, you know, like I find the screen time out to be pretty annoying, but on average, I was spending about three hours a day or a full nap time on Instagram and three hours is a lot. And you, like I said, the reason why, so I got off of Instagram at this time last year, I received an email from my internet provider saying that one of the batteries had fried in their system and they didn't know it might be three months to get a replacement. So there might be three months where we didn't have any internet. And I had 48 hours. I had 48 hours to come up with a plan for running my online business without being online. Now, where there's a will, there's a way. And there can be a way in 48 hours if you want that to be your reality. But luckily, I was able to immediately, I was like, wow, this could be real, effective immediately. I found a solution. I enjoyed the solution so much. It was basically a combination of, you know, automate, eliminate, delegate. How can I get rid of this? And using the question, how can I double my income from leaving Instagram? There's got to be, when you use a question like that, and I would like you to think of your dream. I want you to think of all of the fears that you have around taking your business off of Instagram. I'm going to lose my following. I'm going to lose my income. This isn't going to happen. I want you to write all of those fears down. So please make a note on your paper in words that you can understand about because you got to hold yourself accountable here. What are some of the fears that you have? And you can post them here in the chat as well. What are some of the fears that you have around leaving Instagram? And then what you're going to do is you're going to think of what's the complete opposite so for me, a fear was, for me, a fear was I'm going to lose, I'm, I'm going to lose half my income. I'm going to lose half my income now. I, I really love money. So I really don't like losing income. I don't like losing five bucks. I don't like losing $500. I certainly don't like this idea. I'm not cool with this idea that I might lose half of my income and that's just going to be that. So I started using the question, how can I double? This was a complete opposite of the belief. Losing half of my income turned into the question, how can I double my income by getting off of social media? And when I used that question over and over and over again, I started to see a path surface um, where I could be selling more than I ever was without actually being physically present for it. So don't use my mantras, always write yours, but what are your specific fears? Won't I have to work harder to build a new audience? Okay, wonderful, because I definitely had that fear as well. Won't I have to, won't it be so much work to build a new audience? Now, when I, uh, when I saw this belief like echoed in my own life, I remembered that I really was not excited about being a soulmate, meeting my soulmate because I'm like, Ugh, we're going to have to go through like two years of small talk and stuff first. Oh, maybe we should move in together. I didn't feel, I wanted to get right into it. I wanted to get right into it. So when I honored the fact that like, I didn't want to do a long, awkward 
you know, let's not say we love each other type of dating situation, I stopped believe. I was like, okay, well, maybe it won't have to take a long time. And, you know, you guys know the story of me and Patrick. I came, I saw, I conquered, and I was pregnant that weekend. So, you know, I was telling Patrick's mom today, we did take it slow. We waited nine whole months to have a baby, but we definitely got right into that, like, married life together. So my fear that it was going to take a really long time to build a new audience, I was like, oh, that kind of reminds me of that, that situation with Patrick. And so when I started using, I was like, how, you know, if I look at so far, I spent 10 years on Instagram, 10 years on Instagram. If I was going to be Instagram famous, like it should have fucking happened already. 10 years is a long time to be working on something and something that kind of woke me up. I love this vlog on YouTube. I'm a real vlog. I love vlogs. And that's why YouTube is a part of the social media structure that works for me. I love, love, love to watch vlogs. And Jonah Jenton, or it might be Yona Jenton, she's a, she's a very popular vlogger. She's got like 2 million followers. She had been on YouTube for 10 years. And I saw in one of her vlogs, she said, you know what I love about YouTube is that like, if I go away for three months and come back, nobody's pissed at me. Nobody's pissed at me. They're just happy that I made another video and it's just such a supportive community. But in 10 years, she had, her audience had grown to 2 million followers. And the more that I looked into it, I remembered all these articles I had read. And as I started to research it more, realizing that like Instagram is a very tough algorithm to succeed in. So I spent 10 years on Instagram and grew a following of 6,000 people. If I were to do that, you know, that, that's about 500 new followers a year. That's not like, that's not huge growth. And I'm really proud of myself for the amount of income that I've been able to command. I, I, I took Kevin Kelly's 1000 true fans model really seriously, but like if I was going to get successful on Instagram, it would have happened already after 10 years. And like I said, it's like cigarettes. You don't realize until you quit Instagram, how much time you're kind of spending in that world. And something else you don't realize about Instagram while you're in it is that it really is its own world. There are these, there's people that are only famous within this platform. There are lives and things that only exist within this platform. And if any of you guys have ever, I don't know if you guys were like into Lil Peep or whatever, but when Lil Peep died, I was like, who? A friend of mine was dating him, so I was like, I, I knew through her, but I was like, fucking who? And they're like, oh, he's a SoundCloud musician. Now, I don't fucking do SoundCloud. I don't know about somebody that's SoundCloud famous, but that should give you a little bit of perspective that like, look, this isn't the only world that there is. This digital world, like you can go and branch out. You can start something totally new. And I'm hoping that, you know, if this feels scary to you now, that it should feel really liberating for you by the time that we're done with this call. Um, but I saw that she had, so if I was going to get famous on Instagram, it would have fucking happened already. Um, researching about YouTube and how it's like the original home of the super fan, because people are watching like you speak and your, your whole life. They're not just trying to see a picture of your butt on a speedboat. You know, they're here for the whole thing. And it's a very wonderful community. It's a very, I, and you know, write this down because we'll, we'll probably come up on it again. But like I said, like I became a YouTube watcher. 
I love watching vlogs, especially now when there's some fucking stinky political agenda in every damn movie, every damn sitcom. I'm like, I don't want, I don't come to fucking Netflix to hear about politics. Get off my fucking dick. There's something that I love about watching. And I watch all kinds of different vlogs, but I really, really enjoy them. And so I changed as a user. So what platforms are you really enjoying right now? What, where do you like to spend your time? Do you like spending your time on YouTube? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you read books? Do you like TikTok? What is it that you like? And also, um, I'll, I'll let you know that like I, my social, when I started looking into YouTube a little bit more because I had changed as a YouTube watcher, um, I had changed as a consumer, um, I realized that I had amassed like 1700 followers on YouTube without ever, I never replied to a single comment. I never edited a video. I never even watched a video that I put up. I never thought about SEO. I never engaged with it whatsoever. I never made it pretty. And 1700 people just, so that was like the easiest audience creation I've ever seen. So this idea that it has to be hard or it has to take a long time or that or now you're gonna have to really go and look at the professionals. I always have my like witchy intuitive way of doing, I don't know any of these stats. I don't do digital strategy. I think all that stuff is like, pretty lame. People have given me the lowdown on it, but actually, and, and I used to think I was crazy for doing this until I listened to Trump's book, The Art of the Deal. And he talked about how he like collects data. And I was like, dude, I do that same thing. And you have the hardest to get job in the whole world. So like, I, I trust that like my, uh, my witchiness is working out. Um, but that was very, very easy audience creation. So I started to use this question more of like, this could be the next level for me. This could be the easiest thing I've ever done. I also use that um, when I first started creating vlogs, it was really fucking hard for me. I was like, video software is so hard. I said, you know what? No, I'm not willing to believe this. I am determined to find an easy way of creating these vlogs, a way that makes me feel like alive and a way that's super fun for me. And I'm very proud to say that waiting, you know, being patient, waiting for that third force. I found the perfect editing software for what I was trying to create and my unique vlogging style that's very easy for me to maintain. Um, so it doesn't have to take a long time and it doesn't have to be, and it doesn't have to be hard. So just note, you know, write down all of the beliefs that you have about why it is that this transition has to be difficult for you. Why it is that it has to be scary for you and use, don't write a mantra. Don't say, I am growing a 1 million, one million follow, YouTube followers. Don't do that. Ask, how do I grow my business to a million YouTube followers easily? When you ask a question, a question is alive. A question is burning. A question is so much more powerful than an answer. Wait, a million times more powerful than like an affirmation. Because like, you know, like an affirmation isn't true. You know, it feels, it doesn't have the same texture. When you are asking yourself a question all the time, you can engage with it. So definitely customize your, um, definitely customize your spiritual practice here. What are your fears? What questions symbolizes the opposite of that fears? And where can you start to find evidence that this is true? And it'll, it'll always, always come to you. So, um, and, and what platforms are, are you really enjoying right now? So something else, um, you know, if you're nervous about leaving your Instagram, my philosophy, I'm very, very practical when it comes to business. I am not a big risk taker. I'm not always looking for the bright side as, uh, I, I, 
complete opposite. I'm always looking for the downside and I try and mitigate that risk. I'm not a risk taker in business whatsoever, no matter what you think. There's not any move I've made that I really haven't weighed the odds with. I don't take LSD and change my business name anymore. That used to be a thing that I did. Let's see what we'll turn into this time. Wow, that sounds great. And then I'm like, uh, like, you know, stuck with my same handle for two weeks and I can't change it because I've changed it on LSD. I've done that like four times. Um, and I don't do that anymore. I really calculate the risk and the reward and I make very sane, very practical business moves even if it seems like a bit extreme on the on the front end i'm i'm very wily i'm very crafty and i i think about this stuff a lot so um i i say never lose a customer never lose a customer ever and instagram is something a lot of us just have it a bit crooked with instagram we say and and this is an example of how i was running my youtube before I was posting mainly onto Instagram and whatever spill off, whatever run I off I had, I would put onto YouTube. So for example, I'd put maybe, you know, 10 posts out onto Instagram and then I'd do one Insta one Instagram live and make sure that I also sent that Instagram live to YouTube. And it would be shot, you know, in the long ways and it wouldn't be that beautiful. And it wasn't specifically for YouTube. And one of the main like barriers to me and YouTube was I was like, oh, it's just so much more work to make videos. Yeah, it is more work to make videos. There is no like ranting on YouTube. It's edited, it's clean, it takes time. It's not just conveyor belt, short order cooking, whatever was in your mind. It's, it's more quality work. It's more beautiful work. It takes more thought and it also frees up a lot more time. So I really, I mean, and those of you that follow me on, on YouTube know that I've, and on the Vroover Report know that I really, really have found like a, a love for vlogging and Wiley's birth video will be out later today. So I'm super excited to share that with you. And that was something, you know, just to put it in perspective for you, I can't remember when I went off of Instagram, but I'm pretty sure it was like in the middle of a, you know what it was? Whenever Indigenous Peoples Day or Columbus Day was, that was the day that I was like, that's it. Because that guy had posted a, a, a picture of a fucking chieftain dressed like a woman getting a blow job from like a, a Canadian Mountie. And I was like, how the fuck am I constantly being threatened for lewd content and this isn't? And now with the updated Instagram terms and conditions where they say that if your account has ever been disabled by them before, that it's going to be subject to, to being disabled again with no explanation. Like that's a very heavy threat against your business if you haven't backed up anywhere else. The thing is, is with Instagram, it's really tempting to make that the priority. Like you have to know that the nature, the whole vibe of Instagram, it's insta. It's an instant gratification thing. You see it, you post it, you get rewarded for it. You see it, you post it, you get rewarded for it. And I used to think like what I, you know, I wrote so many posts and put a lot of thought into the composition of these different captions thinking in my mind that like these would make great entries for a book or great blog posts or whatever. I'm telling you, they don't. The, the work on Instagram, the format of Instagram, the trends on Instagram are kind of specific, not kind of, very specific to Instagram. And the quality, because it's so instant, is actually not um, pristine enough to really use in other places. I wasn't able to use these Instagram captions as entries in my book. I wasn't really able to use an Instagram live as a whole, you know, vlog or whatever, because the nature of that instant short order cooking, just think of the difference between going to eat at a five-star restaurant 
I'm going to eat at a greasy spoon diner. The food is only so good when you're making it short order. It's only ever gonna be bacon and eggs. It's only ever gonna be greasy Reuben sandwiches. When you don't have the time to really focus on the ingredients, the time to really focus on the preparation, it's all instant, short order, short order, post every day, check in every day, respond to your DMs, respond to the comments, post on stories, and as Instagram starts collecting more and more pieces, make a reel, really trying to bring everything into, you know, like that's what Instagram has been doing. When you're doing Instagram, you're basically doing Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and also TikTok because they've adopted all of these other, whether it's uh, whether it's stories, whether it's reels or whatever. So it it's designed to take up more and more of your time and keep you all here in this one spot and this one spot where they're basically constantly threatening to shut you down. And you can't create like that. And the universe doesn't want you to be in that situation. And like I said, if you're over it, then the universe wants you to have something else. So you can rely on that. You can rely that there's like another option for you. And that's why you're feeling over it in the first place. Um, so what platforms are right for you? What platforms are right for you? So I want to take this moment to let's like revisit some social media that have come and gone. All right. So we had live journal. We had MySpace. Was anyone on here on MySpace? My name was, if you search myspace.com slash pistolera, you should find my old uh, MySpace. But I was definitely, I was big into MySpace and I don't really remember how I stopped using that. It was just... With social media, what usually happens is you just, you don't go, okay, I'm going to delete my account. I'm going to get rid of it. So if you're saying, oh, I'm going to delete my Instagram or whatever, that's never really been how you've gotten off of social media before by like white knuckling it. How you've done it before is it wasn't cool anymore. You stop seeing the value in it and eventually you're like, I'm just like not even going to go there anymore. And because all of these new, all of these new aspects of the new Instagram terms of service involve having the app downloaded like that fucking sucks right recording it records your face while you're looking at a post to gauge your reaction to it that's psychotic and that's just one little aspect of these uh terms and conditions now the nice news is is that you could 100 percent automate you could never go on instagram again and you'd be fine with it you could get your posts for automation through the web browser dump them into Planoly and have it uh, generating itself. Oh yeah, that brings me to the, the second half of that point that I forgot. Instagram, does, even though a lot of people have it backwards, they're posting mainly on Instagram and letting the spill off run to other platforms. Instagram runs really good on spill off because it's instant. It doesn't have to be super high quality. So if you are like, okay, I'm interested in YouTube, you can put clips from your YouTube video on your Instagram and people are going to be happy. You can't do the reverse. Put clips from Instagram onto your onto your YouTube. Like it doesn't, it's not the same. It's not translatable like that. But Instagram does run really well on spill off. That's how, you know, you're seeing so many people's TikToks on Instagram. And it's not annoying because TikToks are higher quality. They take more thought. So you're not looking at when someone posts a TikTok, you're not like, oh, lazy. I wish you would have made a reel. Instead, you're just stoked that the content is there. You don't really notice when it's the reverse. The same with Twitter, people posting their tweets onto Instagram. And the fact that you've seen such an abundance of this should be a really clear sign for you that Instagram is starting to be over. Not in the sense where it's like, oh, we all need to like delete our Instagrams and be blah, 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 blah. like, no. But people are losing interest in it. 
Now, like I said, Instagram runs really well on spill-off. So if you're looking to automate your account, these are all things that you can do. And if you're really you know, adamant about it and you're like, I don't wanna deal with this automation or whatever, putting together an automation would probably take you like two hours of collecting posts off of your Instagram, which you can definitely do before December 20th and the new um, things go into effect. Putting them into an automation, you could definitely do in a couple of days, just dedicate, be like, cool, I'm doing copy and paste work. That's what it's gonna be. We use um, Planoly, which I think is the best way of doing it, and I've looked at a lot of different apps. That one is free. Uh, it's pretty, or, and you know, if you're like, I really don't wanna fuck with that at all, then just hire a virtual assistant or go on Fiverr and you can find somebody to do it for you. But you can, instead of ever downloading that Instagram app, you can just put your things into Planoly. And as I talk about different platforms, you know, you're definitely gonna wanna make sure that you're incorporating in that automation. Like, here's where you can find me over here and also an incentive for being over there. So let's just recap a little bit. If you don't wanna be on Instagram, Universe doesn't want you on Instagram. Instagram works really well with spill off from other accounts. Now the reverse doesn't work. Um, Instagram takes up a lot more time than you would give it credit for and that's partly because you're doing like four platforms at once. The quality in Instagram isn't really there because the nature of it is instant. Um, and bottom line, I'm enjoying my life a lot more without it. So. One of my weird little ways of collecting data is just creating incentive. And I've heard it explained through, you know, like different digital strategists, like, oh, you have to have some kind of lead page or funnel page or something like that. I don't do anything like that to try and get people to hop from one social media platform to another. All I do is I think about what is an offer that they cannot refuse. What is such a wonderful, what is something that people couldn't say no to? So for example, like something that people miss a lot on my Instagram is my live broadcasts. So, you know, with time, I'm starting to build up my live broadcast audience over here. Right now we have 28 viewers, which is about the same as I would get um, on like my Everest Asher Instagram. And, you know, sometimes it's like 60 or 70, but I'm pretty happy with this here right now. Um, something else that I was doing is I, I pulled all of my personal content from Instagram. You were no longer seeing behind the scenes of our family or our life or anything like that. But when I'm like, I do have all of this footage and it's set up here like a vlog, I knew that that was an incentive for people to, to jump over. So really thinking about like what would make somebody really happy to be a part of this other community. Um, something else I have is the free $50 gift card when you sign up for my newsletter. That's a huge incentive. Like you can literally get money for my workshops by signing up for my newsletter. This is a lot better than me telling you, I'm deleting my Instagram, get on my newsletter. People aren't that nice. People aren't that nice. Like, and any of you that have ever, you know, like kind of haphazardly put a thing out there, not a GoFundMe, but been like, hey, you know, can anyone donate to this or donate to that? You know, people might give you like 30 bucks or whatever, but it's a lot easier to just create a big incentive. I'll make you this great product and you can pay me for it. You get on my newsletter list and I'll give you $50 to spend on my online store. And that was actually one of the best business moves that I ever made was a $50 gift certificate. And, and we might talk about that a little bit later. So some social media platforms that we've seen come and go, like we were talking about before, it's the nature of these social media platforms to be really, really cool and then not be cool anymore. 
So there's a lot of people right now who are like looking at the Instagram deadline and aren't stopping to really think before just moving their whole business to Parler, moving their whole business to MeWe or Telegram. And the nature of these social media platforms is that they will stop being cool within about 10 years. When they get really successful, Facebook either buys them or imitates them. Like we've seen a few rounds of the social media come and go. I've personally put a lot of work into Instagram, a lot of work into Instagram, and now I'm having to pull the whole thing. So I'm being a bit more discerning about, do I really want to do this all over again? Do I really want to just like roll myself into parlor and whatever it means? And like, did we not all just see what happened with TikTok? Trump didn't like TikTok, so he threatened to delete the whole thing. You think the Biden administration is going to like parlor? Like, it's a pretty fucking hefty risk, especially the way where they're like, oh, well, it's cute. You know, anybody that disagrees with the status quo, quo, status quo is involved in QAnon. And if you're involved in QAnon, we're just going to like wipe you off of the Internet. Like, do you guys not see any red flags with that? The same with, you know, Twitter, just move. It doesn't matter what the platform is, you know, but I want you to definitely take a little bit of time to think about, is this the first place that I want to feed? Do I just want to go straight from posting content here to like building a following on another social media platform? Like, what about me? Do you feel like, think about um, our reluctance to learning new platforms. It's very annoying. Um, to learn a new platform, especially when you're like, oh, hey, all of my, all of my uh, followers follow me over here. I'll look at this chat when I'm done. Um, hey, all of my followers follow me over here. And you know, the parlor is cool. You're going to have to teach them how to use it. They're going to be like, if, if it's not really that cool, they're going to be like, uh, I don't know about this. I don't know. Is it worth following you to be on this weird new app? Like you're going to have to teach people through the learning curve anyway. And like, do you really want to do that? to ultimately make somebody else successful. You don't get a paycheck when Parler gets a paycheck. You don't get a paycheck when Instagram becomes more, like you're working for it. You work for Instagram, you work for Parler, you work for Twitter, you work for YouTube, you work for all of these things, you're making it more successful. So is that who you wanna be feeding first? And if you think about your reluctance to learning new types of technology, I'm 33 years old, or I will be on the 26th of December. Hey, I know how old I am. <laughs> big accomplishment it's my three three year uh, but do when I'm 43 I imagine I'm going to be even more of a bitch even more resistant to change am I going to want to do this all over again in 10 years all right guys parlor's over let's all come over to this platform now I don't want to do that and my audience comes along with me I don't want to teach them that so something that I was really adamant about this year um, was I'm going to feed myself first. I'm going to feed myself first. I do not want to invest in another social media platform. YouTube, I really enjoy. YouTube, I understand, has like laws and censorship and all of that stuff. But I watch a lot of YouTube. So that's the bottom line reason why I'm on YouTube. I'm not on Vimeo because I don't enjoy Vimeo. I don't go and watch Vimeo. I'm not on Parler. MeWe, Telegram, WhatsApp, any of that shit, because I don't use that. The only reason I'm on YouTube is because I personally love to watch vlogs, and that's why I make vlogs. That's the bottom line. So what is it that you enjoy? And it doesn't matter if this way, you know, if the social media is over or not or whatever, and you actually don't even have to pick one. 
Um, but think, and if there's no social media that you're enjoying right now, it's probably because you're just kind of trapped in the Instagram world and it's hard to process. So you can just focus on building your own platform. You can just focus on building your own platform. And so we'll start with, um, we'll start with the absolute basics. So for taking your business off of Instagram, for taking your business off of social media, the number one first thing, most reliable thing that you're going to need is a newsletter list. This is not a negotiable thing. Now, a newsletter list does not have to be super complicated. You can start collecting emails for your newsletter list today if you wanted to. You could put it on a spreadsheet. You could start sending group emails. You could get people, you could start a group text if you wanted to, but the email is the best currency, has been since the beginning of online business, and it's what you can take with you the most. Now, if you are on MailChimp, and, you know, I want you to really look into the terms and conditions before you sign up with a certain newsletter provider, because I'm with MailChimp right now, who's becoming like increasingly more dramatic and uh, which, but my, my business is pretty embedded in there. And I have a lot of automations that run and it would be about a month of moving from one platform to another. Uh, and I'm not particularly high risk with MailChimp. I've always, I've been using it from the beginning. I like a, a discontinued app that they have. And so that's what works for me. But as a result to their updated terms and service, I have to back up my newsletter list once a week because if they were to get pissed off at me, they could fucking torpedo my account and all of my contacts with it. So I'm always backing that up. Now, I want you to ask yourself and write this down. How can I take my customers with me anywhere that I go? How can I take my customers with me anywhere that I go? So in order to do that, the first thing that you have to know is what ratio of your followers are actually your customers. If you have 661 followers and 461 of them are people that you know, you know, through yeah, your imported contacts or you know, weird relatives or whatever, and you have 200 people that have started following you for what it is that you're laying down, um, that's at least you know great i have 200 customers it's a lot better to have 200 real customers that you can really sell to than 600 presumed customers that you're never really sure about you're never going to be able to forecast your finances if you have no idea how many customers you have so this opportunity to take your following off of Instagram and diversify on platforms, you're going to start to see your customer base surface. And if you've never really seen that before in your business, this is great news. While sometimes you can be really focused on, oh, well, there were 600 followers over there and I only have 200 people on my mailing list. Those 200 people are the type of people that are here for your work. And they're way more valuable than 600 presumed customers. Customers that you know are here for what it is that you're laying down, that you can be yourself with, that you can ask about, you know, product development and all of these other things. Like these people are very, very valuable. Um, so a newsletter list is going to be the first thing that you want to do. But don't wait to have your newsletter list to get it started. If you have 71 followers on Instagram, go and post on your stories right now. Yo. I have an incentive, always incentive. What will you give to somebody for them getting on your newsletter list? And so actually maybe don't go and post today. All right, who, let me, I'm taking newsletter. I'm taking emails down now for people that want to stay in touch. Maybe think about making an offer so that you really get those numbers. You know, maybe think about making an offer that they can't refuse. 
if you're really active, you know, and, and we talk a lot about that in Empress Academy is making a freebie, but even something where you're like, I'm going to be doing pulling tarot cards on Zoom one week from today and I'll pull a card for you. Give me your email and I'll send you over there. You could always, without building a whole live workshop or whatever, you could do just a couple freebies that you basically unplanned, you'll just do them live or whatever and use that as an incentive to get people over into your area. Teaching a free masterclass and teaching a free webinar, get on my newsletter list to be able to get this. Um, if you're pretty embedded on Instagram, you can also look at the ratio of followers you have to likes that you get and story watchers as well because they're all different. I'm just loving seeing all of these payments come through right now. Um, they're all different types of customer. So for example, if you've got somebody that's watching all of your stories and you post quite a few stories, this is somebody that's a super fan. Because when people are watching you talk and when they're watching all the aspects of your life, a lot more than you know the perfect photos and the perfect captions, your story is like, and you'll probably see a big correlation between the people that actually like your photos and the people that are also watching your stories. So I would definitely recommend going and looking at that, looking at the people that are liking all of your stuff, looking at the people that are reading all of your, that are watching all of your stories and really think about what they would like. What is an offer that that person can't refuse and, uh, and know that you're supported by the universe the whole way through. So newsletter list, first thing. And again, to recap that, you don't have to, in Empress Academy, we talk a lot about creating a digital workshop to use as a freebie. You don't have to put that all together in order to be ready to launch. You can seed launch something. Some examples of some webinars you can do, any area that you're proficient in. I'm gonna be teaching remote Reiki, get on my newsletter list to get a recording. I'm gonna be teaching how to make candles, get on my newsletter list and get the recording mailed to you. I'm gonna be teaching this on Zoom. I'm gonna be teaching this, you could say I'm gonna be teaching it on YouTube if you're wanting to diversify out in that direction and whatever it is that you're, um, my baby, whatever it is uh, that you're really good at. Just and, and even if it's something simple, like I'm gonna be pulling tarot cards for people even if you're at the stage of reading tarot where you're still reading out of the book, or I'm going to be teaching a tapping masterclass, I'm going to be teaching face yoga, any one of these things are a really good incentive to get people off of Instagram and into another uh, chamber for you. Oh, my little baby. Oh, my little baby. Oh, sure, 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 sure. So if you don't have anything else, start with that newsletter list. That's how my business started. That's how Marie Forleo's business started. Using the question, how can I take my customers with me wherever I go is going to get you there. And then just to uh, close out when it comes, I feel like I've never had a more streamlined tech stack that supports my business. Um, a tech stack is, you know, the symphony, the symphony of platforms that you use to create your customer experience. What I love about my customer experience is that it's extremely easy to understand. You download the Slack app, you hit Slack, and when it opens up, everything you need is right there. It's bam, bam, that's it. It's very, very easy to understand. You see all of the different topics that we're talking about. You go to anyone that suits you and you just integrate yourself into that conversation. Even if you've never ever used Slack in your life before, 
you will download that app, you'll press it one time and it opens up into your, your customer experience there. And I thought about that long and hard because when I was like, I don't just want to go into, I don't want to go make parlor famous. I don't want to go make some other fucking rich white guy, a richer white guy. I don't want to do that. I want it to be something that's my own. And if I'm going to be teaching people how to use a new platform, like you guys see me all the time on Instagram being like, here's how YouTube live works. Come over here and watch me on here. Like it takes, it's, it's only more so on TikTok. It's only more so on Parley. So I was like, if I'm going to be teaching people how to navigate a new platform, it has to be one that I like, one that I feel I can, I can take with me wherever it is that I go. Um, Slack was the easiest way. It's also free. I use the free option um, because I don't want us to, or when you don't use the free option, all of your messages are like stored. I love that it's automatically deleting, even though like on Slack and on all of, you know, Basecamp and on all of these different type of uh, things that are designed for businesses to communicate with each other. Um, and I, I'm always, uh, it's been a unique part of my business is me using platforms in a, in a way that they weren't initially designed for. Um, and if you're looking for new apps or whatever to support your vision, I really recommend reading Fast Company. You can read them online or you can, you can subscribe to the magazine like I do. I also have a free subscription to Entrepreneur, but I do not like giving money to Entrepreneur because they sue people that use the word Entrepreneur. And I just think that that's shitty. So um, how Slack began for us was like I was really thinking about the experience that I want my customer to have. So this is something that you're really going to want to think about. Um, some questions that I was asking myself is like, what do I miss about the Internet? What do I miss about the Internet? And something that I always loved, something that I think that social media is really great for is that connection. So uh, you can ask yourself, like, what is it that I love on Instagram? And what is it that I do not love on Instagram? So something that I loved on Instagram was being able to talk to all of my friends, being able to post photographs. Um, I, liked, uh, I liked being able to talk to people because social media is or was my social life. Um, I wanted to be able to feel like as stimulated socially as I did when I was regularly talking to a lot of people. Some things that I did not like about Instagram was that I had to blur out and censor just about everything in my life. My kid never wears clothes and I never wear a shirt when I'm breastfeeding. And it just seemed like I was constantly getting in trouble for just living my life. Um, and it, it, that was before there were like rules about fucking hate speech or whatever. Basically, people are allowed to completely bulldoze you. But if you say anything back, then you're, they threaten to shut down your whole business. It's fucking bullshit. Um, so that was something that I didn't like about it. I didn't like that there was nowhere that I could go on the Internet. There was no social media platforms where I could post a picture of my boobs. And I know that, you know, some people are like, oh, my God, can't you just like not post your boobs on the Internet? Actually, no. I've been posting nudes on the internet since like 2010. If you search diamond outfits on Reddit, you'll see like I was getting over bulimia by myself and I needed some positive reinforcement around my body. I really needed people to be like, you're not obese. Cause I, when I looked in the mirror at 107 pounds, I saw a whale. So I was never going to be able to, to get through bulimia if I didn't have someone somewhere being like, you're still lovable. You're not fat. You're not ugly. So uh, I, and when I thought about what I missed about the internet, I missed chat rooms. 
I used to love, love, love when I was 13 years old. We had a little bit of AIM, but I didn't have any friends that weren't in the cult. But we did have on our cult website a chat room where you could, could talk to other people that were in the cult. And if I ever had a little hour to myself, I would be like, oh my God, let me go and see who's in the chat room. And it was always so exciting, you know, like even if there was only 10 people on it, I would be so excited to talk with somebody new to like hear something new. And I thought about what a beautiful time that was. Like there was never any worry about screen time. Like if I had an hour, I would come and I would chat. And when I was done, I, was, I would leave. And it just wasn't really that big of a deal. And I really enjoyed that. And so that was how I chose. I said, that's the experience that I want to bring back for my customers. So by asking yourself what it is that you love about Instagram and what it is that you don't love about Instagram, as well as what it is that you really love about the internet or what it is that you miss. If you say, oh, I wish that we all had like a vision board that we could collaborate on, then maybe Pinterest is the one for you. If you say, oh, I wish that we had a chat room, maybe Slack or Basecamp is gonna be the right one for you. If you were saying, oh, I wish that we could all, uh, I, that I could see, or you know, maybe that I do everything on my own time and that there's no live commitment, then maybe YouTube vlogs or something that are gonna be really great for you because you do that all on your own terms. There's never any, there's nothing short order about it. You slowly collect footage, you slowly compile it and you release it when you're good and ready. So what is it that you miss about the internet and what experience would you like your customers to have? And start working with that. And like I said, like don't use an affirmation. Don't go jumping into some other platform without researching if it's really in alignment with the type of life that you wanna have. When you think about the next 10 years of your life and the relationship to your phone you wanna have during that time, especially if you've seen what 10 years of the iPhone has done for society, do you wanna be a part of those next 10 years? Is being on or off of your phone something important to you? Something I love about not being on Instagram, everything about Slack can be done on a desktop, everything about YouTube can be done on a desktop. So it's not reliant on this, you know, with a, I don't want my kid to want an iPhone. I don't want my kid to have a personal computer in his hands. So at some point, I knew that I would need to not be carrying around my phone everywhere that I went if I wanted my son to not have a phone and access to all of these like digital worlds. So what kind of life do you want to have? What role do you want social media to play in your life? How much of a time commitment do you want? And if you say, I want to be on my phone literally never, there's options for that. And you use questions. How can I double my income without ever being on my phone? You ask yourself that question every day, all day long, you'll start to find answers for it. Putting yourself in receiving lines like reading entrepreneur magazines, listening to things like how I built this and masters of scale, hearing about other entrepreneurs, hearing about, and I, I find that fast company is usually where I learn the most about new platforms. Um, so I definitely recommend that one as well. The editor is a little bit, you know, but <laughs> whatever, who isn't in this day and age. Um, actually I'm not, and everyone on the Bruja Report isn't either. So that's who isn't in this day and age. <laughs> um, so does anybody have any questions about this? And I just want to remind you, if you have any questions, go ahead and put them in the chat right now. Um, but I just want to remind you that like desire is the voice of your soul. So if it's something that you, that makes you happy and it's something that you're wanting, like it's something that your customers also want, 
It's something that will also make you money. So if you're like, I just want us to have a chat room where we can post nudes and I'll talk to each other, like the universe also wants that, which means there's a way, which means that all you have to do is keep asking yourself questions. How do I make double the money in half the time? How is this the best thing that ever happened for my business? Um, back up to a newsletter list, always, 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 always. And also think about the sustainability of these certain platforms. For example, Slack has become indispensable in people's businesses since COVID. The stock price of it went way, way up, and it's got no risk of ever becoming a social media platform because that's not what it is. It's not in the same demographic. Now, they did recently, so I think they sold for like $29 billion or something like that, and I don't know who bought it, but I'll just go, uh, I'll go and I'll look it up soon. Um, but the thing is, is because I've cultivated a chat room and it's Slack, like I can recreate that anywhere else. I could create that on my website really easily and just have people going there. Now I could create, because I've developed a culture in the company that um, that's like wherever I go, it's a really good chat room. If I needed to move it onto another platform, I totally could. Which brings me to something really good that we're remembering this is um, you will need to spend some time building the culture on this new platform, which means that you're going to need to be, you cannot throw a great house party while dipping out every 20 minutes to go say hi to your friends at the club. Now, Instagram is the club and what you're creating is the best house party ever. Yes, smaller. Yes, uh, more intimate. Yes, more fun. Yes, everybody likes it better. Yes, more real. Yes, less fake. Um, but in order to do that, you're going to need to be there building the culture, which means that the first person that's going to have to take a break from Instagram is you. And as a business owner, that's going to be really fucking scary for you. You're going to be like, Oh, do I need to be over here? Do I need to be posting that? You're not going to be, think of yourself as the hostess at the house party. If you're leaving every 20 minutes to go post something on Instagram because you're addicted to it, you don't know how you're going to do your business without it. You will never have time to build up that culture. You need to build the culture. You need to create the vibe. You need to, and you need to be watching that all the time. It's never going to be one thing. You're constantly tweaking this, constantly thinking about how you can improve it. But what you get as a result is a social experience that's unique to you, which means that your customers will follow you wherever you go. Kind of like being a bartender. If you have a good vibe as a bartender, it doesn't matter what. You can go from working at a beer bar to a wine bar, and it doesn't matter that all your regulars only drink craft beer when they come to your wine bar they'll drink wine you know why because they're there for you because they're there for you and this whole like instagram terms and conditions changing things this is the greatest thing that could happen for your business you need to be thinking in terms like this you can't just trust mark zuckerberg with your business you know like no and you cannot create in a situation where your the safety of your business the integrity of your business is constantly being threatened you cannot thrive. Things need space to grow. Your business cannot grow if it's constantly threatened to be shut down because you think differently than other people. All right, let me see these uh, messages. Okay, so I've been using, okay, let me see. I've been using Mighty Networks to make my own social media space for my brand, but people are confused and not not in and not on it much. I think I need to show them a tutorial, I realize now. Now, is it easy for you to use and do you enjoy it? So, and what is it that people, you know, like, are you there all the time? You've gotta get people talking. You've gotta like, 
be there. It definitely takes some work and it definitely takes some thought. Um, the reason why I, I really recommend before going any further with Mighty Networks, evaluate what it is that you love about social media and what it is that you don't love about social media and work on, on where, where is it that I would create that experience because things that are imitating social media, it's just, it's not social media. You know, it's not social media. Facebook has invent, has invested so, 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 so much money. Let me just get this baby out of her little hot suit so that you don't have to be too hot in that. Wee, 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 Valerie. Look at this little baby. She's so cute. I love you. Um. Think about if that's really things that are impersonating social media. Facebook has invested so much time and so much money into creating a certain social media experience and, you know, making it fun for people that have never been on Instagram before that don't know anybody there. And if you're trying to duplicate or replicate that, it's not going to, it's probably not going to work. You know, if you're like, okay, well, I want it to work. Even Parler, which people are like, yeah, it's just knock off Twitter. It's annoying because it took people longer to understand how Twitter works than you thought. And like, it's very, it feels very narky. And I imagine it feels this way when you're building a social media too. When you see something just as a way of making money and you're like, all right, well, let's go, you know, one plus one equals two, right? So I'm going to join Instagram and I'm going to start posting ads. I'm going to make a lot of money because millennials spend money on businesses like mine. And everybody can tell that like, you're not really a part of that party that you're somebody that sees it as like uh, oh well maybe instagram got shut down so you're just over here trying to make it instagram um you have to understand that all of these different social media platforms have their own culture and that yours will need its own culture as well so how do you do how do you find the culture in a company well what is it that you really love about the internet and what is it, and what are some words to describe the vibe that people get from your space? So for me, it's sisterhood. Like, yeah, sometimes your sister pisses you off. Sometimes your sister calls you out, but your sister always shares with you. And your sister is the one person that you can really be bad with. This sister that knows like how bad you are. And we laugh and we talk about hot guys. And we complain about our husbands and we watch movies together and we say words that we're not allowed to use and you know, they're not PC or whatever. And we're, we're real with each other. So sisterhood is what Bruja is all about. And fun is what Bruja is all about as well. The thing is, is that like a lot of times if we're not really, really clear about the specific aspects that we love and don't love about social media platforms, we can unconsciously just be trying to like replicate, make a knockoff Instagram or make a knockoff Twitter and, and it doesn't really work out so well. And remember that your customers are a reflection of you. So what you enjoy really does matter. What you think is a good investment time-wise matters. What you think is fun on the internet matters. A lot of times we can get really obsessed with like looking out to digital strategists, looking out to our customers, and, and you should always be looking in in business. What do I like? Desire is the voice of God. And look, I, I can tell you from experience that like when my desire, you know, was like, get off of Instagram, this was in the beginning of the year, I was like, uh, is this like a risky move? I support my whole family. Like, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm just so over the drama. And um, 
and now I really see everything falling into place. Let's look at a couple more questions here. Um, tips on developing culture. Be there. Be there all of the time. And uh, be there all of the time and see what it turns into. So culture is just like making sourdough starter. So with sourdough starter, we have wild yeast, flour, and water that need to sit together for a certain time to ferment. Now the yeast contributes something, the water contributes something, the flour contributes something, and the time contributes something. So in the beginning, it'll feel, you know, as somebody that's creating the space, as somebody that has an intention, as the person that's gonna be profiting off the space. Person that's profiting off the space is no longer Mark Zuckerberg, it's you. Which means, so, you know, and you're the trailblazer in that regard. And we're going to see a lot more of these micro-communities starting to come forward because it'll be the only place you can get some damn truth on the internet anymore. The only place you can get out of the damn propaganda anymore. And um, and I really think that that apps like Parler and stuff, like if they don't agree with the Biden administration, I'd be interested to see how long they stick around for. Um, but as that everything contributes something. Now, as a person that's created the space, yeah, you have to put all these things together. You have to put all of these things together. So in the beginning, it's gonna feel like it's all on you. But you, in a sense, are the yeast. And so you put all these things together. Knowing that it'll work, it just takes time. And it just takes monitoring. Now, in the beginning, it'll feel like a lot of work, but as it starts to develop, you'll start to see that it, it really isn't all on you, that everybody's bringing their unique thing to it. And what I personally focus on a lot in my business now is just, is just getting people talking. You know, that's one of the, the unseen magic tricks that I'm doing all the time is getting people talking. And I'm never thinking like, oh, you know, what is, what do they need? Or I think like, what do I want? What do I really enjoy? So for example, the last thing that I really enjoyed was, uh, was sharing all of our stories of losing our virginity together. Um, we didn't all lose our virginity together, but sharing our stories of losing our virginities were uh, really interesting. So, and that was something, that was a story that I wanted to share. I was up at 4 a.m. thinking about it. That's cool. Let me put this in the Slack. Um, but when I was trying to do the Slack and Instagram, the Slack wasn't good enough because I wasn't showing people by example that this was a place that you could really hang out in on its own. It was always like I was supplementing it with Instagram. So it really only started to take off once I pulled myself away from there. So how to build culture. Know what kind of culture you want to have. This should be reflective of your values, of what it is that you miss most in the world, what it is that would have helped you on your darkest day, what it is that you love about the internet, what it is that you hate about the internet. The culture all begins with you. So define what kind of culture that you want to have listen to, you know, podcasts and stuff about it if you need to. Um, ask Spirit to show you what kind of platforms would facilitate this. Put yourself in a line of receiving by reading entrepreneur-based magazines and then be there. And then be there. Show people by example that it's a fun place to be. I've done so many failed sourdough starter. I know. I have to leave, but check back to see about tech stuff. Great. Let me see. Uh, word of mouth is the best advertising. Yeah. How do you, new people find you if you can't afford to run ads? Oh, my baby had a big poop. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> um, so running ads has actually like not worked out that well for me on Instagram. It used to until I started getting shadow banned regularly. And uh, then I was like, I can't believe that you guys are taking my money and not doing what you say you're going to do. Like it actually does impact your ads as well, which is 
pretty fucking corrupt, in my opinion. Um, but everything about big tech is pretty fucking corrupt, in my opinion. Uh, oh, and also, I want to tell you guys, I, I had a call with my accountant this morning. And because I'm documenting my whole life on my blog and the set is our house, my mortgage payments are tax right off. Um, but word of mouth, you know, word of mouth, asking people to like stuff, asking people to share stuff, like get over your shit. People want to help you, but ask people, please share this. Please post this to your social media platforms. Please do this. Please, you know, you can offer incentives to do that. I wouldn't, but, you know, start by asking people regularly to share your stuff. Um, something that I've done, which isn't SEO, because I've tried to do SEO by the book and it doesn't really like work out for me. Um, it's just not my language, but I have my own like witchy ways of, of doing it. Um, but I really think about what would I be Googling right now? What would I be Googling right now? What words would I be using? What have I used in the past? And make sure that the titles of the videos, the titles of your blogs, wherever it is that you're directing people, that it has those words in it. So for example, this the title of this video, just because I had to put something up, was exactly how to take your business off of Instagram, but something that I know I would be Googling right now is what's a business with no social media, business with no social. So those are the words that that's because that's what I would be Googling. People don't know that my podcast is called exactly how with Everstasher. Um, and you can get it on Spotify and Apple podcasts and you can watch some of them on here as well. Um, people don't know that. So I'm not going to just say, okay, cool. I'll leave my title like this because it matches with my other one. Like it's not the same. I'm going to make sure that the thumbnail for my video says business with no social media because people are probably, okay, if I have to get off of Instagram, but I don't really want to go on parlor, is there a way to do business with no social media? So I really like this decision of what it is to name my video represents me doing inner work, seeing my customer as a reflection of me. And all I'm doing is just using empathy to really think like my customer thinks and say, okay, when I was thinking about making this leap, what was I Googling? And how can I make sure that my stuff starts to show up like that? And you know, it's just, it's just practice. I might run some ads on YouTube. It just honestly hasn't felt joyful to me at all to shoot an ad. And it probably won't for like the next year of my life. So, but in every single video, please subscribe. Please hit the notification bell. There's a lot of incentive to subscribe and hit the notification bell. Why? I go live at really random times and you won't know about it if you're not subscribed. And so, and that's just, that's not me marketing. That's just the truth of the matter. YouTube live is a little bit weirder. So if you want to know when I'm going live, you have to have that bell hit. See if there's any more questions here. All right. So that's a, that's class for a day. Thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to go change this baby's diaper. Wiley's birth video will be up later on today. Very excited about that. And um, I just want you guys to know that like whatever you want also wants you. And there are so many options for whatever experience you want to give your customers, for whatever experience you want to have as a business owner. The amount that I've been able to get done in just like a month and a half or two months off of Instagram, I automated a whole month of work, not just automating posts that I had written before, but original posts to do sales every day in December. 
I finished my book, launched my book, released my book, printed my book. Like this is a huge thing that I didn't think I was going to be able to get done for another six months. I built my own. People are starting to create their own communities within Bruja. So it's starting to work on my behalf. It has gone from something that was a lot of work for me in the beginning of like, okay, let's agitate this. Let's get people talking to now like a, a very a thriving entertainment source for me. I found a way to document, monetize, and share my entire spiritual practice with everybody that I love. And when I heal, I'm not healed alone. But this is now something that's working on my behalf. It's not something that I feel like I'm peddling all the time. And I have so much more time and I'm starting to think in new creative terms. Everything in my life is a tax write-off because it's production costs. Uh, that's not with Instagram. These are not production costs. But when I'm making vlogs, they are production costs. So like, I'm not gonna, I did half a million dollars in revenue. I don't have like some great sneaky accountant. I've been doing everything 100% legally, but I will pay no taxes because everything of my life is a tax write-off because of how I've chosen to document it this year. And it's different this year than it was last year. So best way to keep the government off your money is to spend that shit, invest it back into your business is what Jeff Bezos does. Um, it, it only fools pay taxes, only fools pay taxes. So you don't have to do it. There's not, people are like, well, morally you should pay your taxes. What the fuck? Why? Why? All those roads that aren't fixed, all those fucking inmates that aren't closed, all those fucking school teachers teaching people that men give birth, fucking contributing to that. Fuck no. Um, so you don't have to do it either. Uh, my name is Everstasher. You can find my work all over the place to everstasher.com, youtube.com slash everstasher. You can see what an automated Instagram looks like if you follow me on Instagram at everstasher. You can get my podcast exactly how with Everstasher on Spotify and Apple. You can join my mastermind, The Bruja Report, or you can buy my book, uh, Leave This Book in Your Bathroom and Reach Enlightenment in a Year on Amazon. Um, hooray for platform diversification. Hooray for you. And thank you so much for being here on this call with me today. It's so nice to see you guys. I love you all so much. Um, videoing your cooking makes your food a write-off. Some of it. It's With cooking, it's a little bit complicated. With cooking, it's a little bit complicated. But if you want to hear all about this on Bruja Report in the Q&A archives and also in the Empress Academy bonuses, these are all included in your Bruja Report subscription, there's the call with my accountant. You can also work with my same accountant if you want to. He's got, he's a master of scale, so he's able to absorb quite a few clients. And, um, and he's fantastic. And we talk about all of the things that are deductible and not deductible in your business. Super, super useful call. You can't afford to have a shit accountant. My last accountant was the worst fucking accountant ever. She was literally horrible, fucking awful, worst accountant in the whole world. Never work with her. Um, but I, it's, it's hard to find a good accountant. And that's just one of the many shortcuts that I offer to to women in my mastermind. My whole goal is to get you experiencing the type of success that I've been able to experience in, in a quarter of the time. And I think we do a pretty damn good job of that. So, all right. Thank you all so much for being on here. So nice to see you and have a wonderful day. Bye.